again. If you didn't hear who I am, I'm Pastor Chris, and uh, we are glad to have you with us today as we are in uh, week three of a series entitled, uh, This is How We Roll. Before we get into that this morning, I do want to introduce kind of a, a special guest with us here today. Uh, his name is Bill McWhorter. Bill, kind of stand for a second and raise your hands. Everybody, everybody say good morning, Bill. You can sit down, Bill. Okay, very good. Um, uh, Bill is a representative from CDF. Uh, that, that stands for Church Development Fund. And uh, they're the guys that we have our loan through uh, for our new building that we are building. So Bill's... So we're excited about that, and um, Bill is here just uh, kind of to introduce uh, CDF to us. He has a little uh, table in the Welcome Center, stop by. And, uh, what they do basically is uh, help churches uh, build buildings and uh, take care of all those things financially, and uh, maybe, maybe you have a, a savings account that earns point. 0.3 interest rate or something, I don't know, and you're interested maybe in uh, looking at something better, uh, earn interest at the same time and help support uh, other churches around the country that are being built, and see Bill, and he'll uh, talk to you about that, but we're glad that uh, glad that he's here. Tomorrow, we actually have a guy from the building side uh, that's going to be here meeting with our contractors and kind of checking in now. If that is our, their first little uh, check-in visit, and they're going to basically see all the dirt that's been pushed around uh, over there. And uh, step, that's step one. Step two, then they come and start laying the pipes in there for uh, water and sewage and all that great stuff. So on your way out, make sure you check out uh, all the dirt. I walked um, uh, several times last week. I, I stepped outside and I uh, said, Julie, I'm going to go look at the dirt. And so I go out there and, uh, you know, stand. In fact, it was so cool because I, I stood um, where... Uh, the uh, the stage is gonna be and I was like yeah this is the stage and and I you know I was preaching to the dirt out there and all all the dirt and I, Janet came by to visit one day this week and I said hey Janet come outside let's go look at the dirt and uh, she said yeah next time we can watch paint dry too Chris that'd be great so I'm like well I'm excited you know so anyway um, check it out on your way out and we'll start seeing some more stuff. Uh, happening real soon. Uh, one day, Jesus was walking uh, down the street. This guy comes up to him, and he says, Lord, uh, what is the most important command uh, in the whole Bible? That's a pretty big question, right? You know, pretty important, you'd think. What is it? What's the most important command in the Bible? And Jesus says, okay, I'm going to give it to you. This is the most important thing. If you don't get anything else, you better get this. Uh, in fact, we call it the great commandment. It's Matthew 22. Jesus, it begins this way. He says, love the Lord your God. This is the first and greatest commandment. So in other words, Jesus says, hey, if you don't get anything else, this is what you are supposed to do with your life. You've got to learn to love me. Now, there's a word for this. It's called worship. Now, simply, that's what worship is. It is knowing and loving God. Now, the problem today is that when we use the word worship, when somebody says it, we, 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 we've kind of misunderstood the word. And, and pe typically, people think about things like prayer and singing or something that's just done at church or a certain day of the week or a certain place or a certain time. And nothing's wrong with any of that. And worship does include, you know, some of those things. We'll talk about that. But what I want you to see today, and this is really important because this is how we roll here at Coastal. Worship is so much bigger than all of those things. Now, one of the uh, great verses in the Bible as far as defining worship is Romans chapter 12, and uh, it says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in light of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy 
and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of what? Worship. worship. Let's, let's, let, me, let me point out a couple of things here in this verse about worship. First of all, worship is my response to God's love. You take a notes today, write that down. It's my response to God's love. It's the way that we respond to God because of who he is and what he's done. Notice it says, in view of God's mercy. In other words, in light of God's great love, because of God's great love. In other words, God makes the first move. He created you. He saves us. He forgives us. He blesses us. He protects us. All these things, and then, because we understand that, we know that, all these things, in light of this, we worship, the Bible says. Now, notice what we do. This verse says we offer. Secondly, number two, worship is giving back to God. It's giving back to God. He gives to us, we give to him. And whenever we give to God, whatever you offer him, that's worship. So the question is, well, Pastor Chris, what am I supposed to offer to God? I mean, what do you give, you know, the person who has everything? He made the universe. He made you. So what do you give him? Well, I'll tell you what you give him. You give him your love. Mark 12, 30 says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Now notice there, God wants me to love him thoughtfully with, with my mind, with all my mind. He wants me to love him passionately. It says, with all your heart, with all your soul. He also wants us to love him practically with all your what? Your your strength. You see, even though God created the entire universe and he made all things, he created you, there's at least three things God doesn't have unless you give them to him. He doesn't have your attention. He doesn't have your affection. And he doesn't have your abilities unless you give those things to him. And whenever you take all those things that God has given to you, your attention, your affection, your abilities, and you give them to him. You offer them to him. Guys, that's worship. That is so much bigger than a day of the week, a, a, a particular ritual or practice. Now let's break that down and talk about it in further detail. Number one, worship is focusing my attention on God. It's focusing my mind, my thoughts. You know, you know why God wants your focus? Well, get this, you ready? Because he's focused on, on you. He has focused his mind, his attention on each one of you. Uh, Psalm 139 says this, You have looked deep into my heart, Lord, and you know all about me. You know when I'm resting, when I'm working. Get this, you notice everything I do and everywhere I go. He's focused his attention on you. Did you know that, that God pays constant attention to you, that he never takes his eyes off of you, and he never stops thinking about you? Man, that's an incredible expression of love. You know, that's also true uh, in marriage, in relationships with our children. Remember the very first time you fell in love? Remember that? And you couldn't stop what? Thinking about that person. You couldn't get them off your mind. You thought about them all the time because they had your focused attention. 
However, the easiest thing to do in life as a human being is to lose our focus uh, and to drift. Nobody in this room, none of us are like a, you know, an, an autofocus camera where you could just point at something and then you know, it, it focuses. You and I have to actually choose to do that. We got to choose to focus on things. Now, how do we do that with God? Well, simply, we choose to spend time with him throughout the day. We talk to him. We read his word and listen to him. Many of you here at Coast, remember we're going through uh, reading our Bible together, uh, re reading the entire Bible together this year, the one-year Bible. And so as we do that, guess what we're doing? We're focusing our mind on God. We're giving him our attention. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace. Wow, what a blessing, by the way. You will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in you and whose what? Whose thoughts are fixed on you so you know think about it this way when you focus on yourself i mean when you stop focusing your attention on god and you turn inward and you focus on yourself i mean honestly the results typically are things like worry insecurity anxiety guilt fear discouragement but when you focus on god and who he is, and, and who you are in, in comparison to him, and, and how much he loves you, all of a sudden, you begin to sense gratitude, and hope, and confidence, and, and security. So a part of worship is focusing our attention on God. Number two, not only is worship that, it's also expressing my affection to God. This is loving God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Now, for some of you here today, let's be honest, this is a little bit more difficult because maybe you grew up in a family, you know, that wasn't very affectionate, wasn't very expressive. You know, they didn't say, I love you a lot. And so maybe you're kind of, as a result, maybe a little more silent in this area. And, and it's not really easy to be very expressive with your, with your feelings, with your emotions. And so sometimes you even have a little bit of difficulty uh, in, in doing that with God. You remember the very first time uh, that you ever said, I love you to somebody? Think about that just for a second. You know, remember that the first person that you told, not your parents, okay, but uh, that girl or that boy, you know, maybe it was in kindergarten or fifth grade or I don't know, but the very first person you said, I love you. I bet you were scared to death. Scared to death. I mean, maybe your palms were all sweaty and uh, your stomach was in knots and uh, you're all nervous. And you were nervous, sometimes not so much about just saying the words, but what were you more nervous about? Not, not you saying it, but what? Would they? Yeah, right. How they would respond. Would they say, I love you back? Now, if you were like in middle school, you sent like emissaries out first, right? You know, it had a little note, you know, I love you. Do you love me? Check box, you know, yes, no, whatever. And like you had to make sure because there was no way you were actually going to speak the words without knowing that they would say it back. And so it's risky to say, I love you. But here is the amazing thing about God. And maybe you are here today as a guest. And this is the thing that you needed to hear today. God has taken away all the risk. And he said it first. He loves you. In fact, 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he what? He first loved us. And he said it a thousand ways, a thousand times a day. You know, the greatest way that God has showed his love for us is by sending his one and only son, Jesus, to this earth as a payment for our sin. Even when we were 
rebelling, even when we weren't ready to say it back to him. Look at Romans 5, 8. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still what? Still sinners. In other words, when we were in rebellion, when we weren't even ready to say it to him, he went ahead and took the first move. So let's, let's talk about practically, how do you express your affection to God? Here's a real practical way, guys. Man, just start saying thank you. You know, look around at everything that you have and, and just begin your day by saying, God, you know, thank you. Thank you for this beautiful day. You know, thank you for the, uh, for the food that we have. Thank you for the clean air. Thank you that I'm still breathing. You know, everything you look at is a gift from God. So start by being grateful. You know, one of the best ways to express your affection to God is giving him your life. You know, when you're at a wedding and you see the two people standing up in front of each other, and they, they repeat these things to one another called what? Vows. They say, I do. What were they doing? What were they saying? I give you my life. I commit to you. Because that's the essence of love. Now, think about it this way. You can give without loving, right? I mean, you can, you can give for wrong motives. You can give out of guilt. You can give because you want to get something back. I mean, you can give without good motives. You can give without loving. But ultimately, you really can't love without giving. And so when you say, God, I give you my heart, my life is in your hands, man, that's a great way to express your love to him. And if you just knew how much God really loves you, you'd have no problem giving him your life. Worship is also, uh, number three, uh, using my abilities for God. If you're taking notes, write that down. It's using my abilities to God. This is, you know, loving God with all your strength. Now, I've been married long enough. In fact, uh, this coming Saturday is what, guys? What is it? Valentine's. Valentine's Day. Some of you are in shock right now. Aren't you just like, oh, no. You know, or it's uh, National Single Awareness Day or so. I don't know, whatever it is. I don't know. It's Valentine's Day. Really, for me, it's my anniversary. Uh, Janet and I, that was our first date, was Valentine's Day. And, uh, in fact, Janet, my wife, in fact, I, told, I told Janet that I loved her on our first date. How's that for a bold move? And, uh, but it worked out pretty good. So, um, but that was my first date, the first, first date I ever had been on in my life. Uh, first kiss, I didn't kiss her then, but kissed her later. But uh, first kiss was my wife, Janet, and uh, we got married the next Valentine's Day. And this coming Valentine's Day, we will have been married for 28 years. So, woo! So I've been married long enough to know something, that uh, it takes more than just words and kisses and affection uh, to, to express uh, love to one another. Now, yes, I tell my wife, Janet, I love her all the time. I mean, I tell her every day, every morning, all throughout the day, I tell her how much I love her. And uh, she likes that. She likes for me, you know, to express my love to her that way. And she wants me to kiss her and to express my love affectionately to her. And so I try to do that all day long, every day at Walmart. You know, I'm like pawing after her, <laughs> stuff like that. So... I really believe she likes it, though. I really, really do. So, um, but, uh, but what I've learned is that there's another kind of love that she needs, and that's for me to, to back that up. It is, it, it is the practical expression 
of love. Guys, guess what? Sometimes there are chores that need to be done. You know, nobody really has the spiritual gift of emptying the dishes, you know. Um, sometimes we, we, you know, sometimes there are things that need to be fixed. And that's when I make a phone call and call somebody else and ask them to do it. Um, sometimes there are errands to be run. Sometimes there are responsibilities to be shared. What I'm saying is that that's the practical side where I use, we, where we use our abilities to show, not just with our words, that you love somebody. You show it by your actions. Colossians 3.23, now we've used this verse many times in many different ways here at Coastal. Um, usually when we're talking about our career, and it is true, but I want you to think about this verse, because if you would get this verse, it'll change or revolutionize uh, your life and your worship. Listen to this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as though you are working for who? The the Lord, and not for people. It says, whatever you do. That means anything, everything. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you're working for God, for the Lord, and not for people. You see, listen to me. You don't have to join the worship team to worship more. You don't have to read more of the Bible every day to worship more. You don't have to have a quiet time five hours a day. You don't need to come to church every day of the week to worship more. You just need to change who you're working for. And when you change who you're working for, you see, everything you do becomes worship. Guys, you've got to get this. This is why worship is so big. You see, many people, they just compartmentalize their life. And here's what they do. They go, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm at church on Sunday, and so, you know, I'll, I'll give that part of my day or my week to God. And, and uh, yeah, I've got my quiet time, and okay, that's his. And, and uh, maybe I'll go to youth group, or maybe I'm in a life group. And so all of that is my spiritual life, and that's over here. And then I've got my, uh, my relational life, you know, I've got my career and my work life, and then I got my, my family life, and then I got my hobbies, and, and all of those, you know, it takes up all the spokes of the wheel, and, and you have all these different parts and all these different components. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. No, God says, listen, I want you to invite me into every part of your life. I want to be at the very center of all of it. I want to be involved in all of it. You see, in life, it is not what you do that matters. It's who you do it for. It's, it's a mindset. It's an attitude. You give it all to God. And you see, when I do that, when you do that, all of your life all of a sudden becomes this beautiful act of worship. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker. You can do it for God. It's, it's this mindset of going, okay, I'm going to do this, whatever it is, my job, going to school, my, you know, uh, my, this activity, this hobby. I'm going to do it as though I'm doing it for you, God. Again, you might be a carpet cleaner, an attorney, a nurse, a stay-at-home mom, a realtor, an executive. You might uh, be a manager, a salesperson, or a truck driver. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It matters who you do it for. And all of a sudden, guess what? That turns your very life into this act or offering of worship. God doesn't want worship, listen, to be a church thing. It's a heart thing. It's a life thing. 
Go back to Romans 12.1. And again, this time we're going to read it in the message paraphrase. I love the way he puts this. Take your what? Everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work. You're walking around life. And place it before God as a what? An, an offering. There's that word again. To offer is the essence of worship. God, I am giving you, I'm offering to you my life. And then worship becomes a lifestyle. Now, you say, well, Pastor Chris, where then, you know, where does Sunday morning fit into this equation, this definition of worship? Because I haven't even, you know, talked about Sunday morning yet, this corporate gathering that we're doing here now. I mean, if worship is a lifestyle, <coughs> excuse me, why, why is Sunday morning even important? Or better yet, is it important at all? Well, at Coastal, we believe it is. Now, follow me. Not so that, like the Pharisees, you could come today and kind of check it off your spiritual to-do list and say, okay, God, I did that. You know, I, I kept this rule or I obeyed that, you know, and I gave you that little part of my life. No, 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 no. In fact, just the opposite. You see, again, we're here today. I hope you're here today because we love God. You know, we, you see, we're here because we say we love life. And life is only found in Christ. Jesus said, I came that you might have abundant life. This is, in, in other words, in a way of looking at, this is nothing more than the weekly gathering of the community here that loves God. It is an extension of our worship. Because together, we're going to lift up the one who is above all others. Today, we are going to pray to him. Today, we're going to dig into his word that has the power to change lives. Today, together, we're going to take communion, which reminds us of the resurrected life of Christ. We're going to encourage you to bring your friends and families and coworkers and neighbors because we're going to lift up Jesus, the one who is the only way, the truth, and the what? Life. And because of that, people are going to cross over from death to what, Coastal? To life. Lives are going to be changed. Listen, I honestly can't understand how in the world you'd ever want to miss this. I mean, I can't understand how people, it, this, this cracks me up, how people will do whatever it takes to get to work on Monday or to get their kids to a ball game or to be pack up everything and go to the beach or, or wherever, but then they won't do everything in their power to be here on Sunday to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to see people cross over from death to life. I'm not talking about your seeking friends, your, your seeking friends and neighbors, your, your co-workers who aren't believers yet. I'm talking about you. I don't expect them to act that way. We don't, we don't expect you know, a non-believer to act like a believer until they are one. But we expect it of you. You see, for those of us who worship God, who call ourselves followers of Jesus, our attitude about what we're doing here today, it should be one of excitement and anticipation. So Therefore, here at Coastal, this is how we roll. You ready? We don't argue about music style here. We know why we do and wh why we do what we do. We know why we do it here. We know the reason for it. We don't argue about preferences or engaging the culture or the volume of the music. All of those things, listen to me, they're settled here. In a lot of churches, they, they, they waste so much time and effort and energy about you know, arguing over style and preference. When, if worship is a lifestyle, 
and it's expressing our love to God, none of this really matters that much. It's not really important in the grand scheme of things. Now, I think churches ought to know why they choose to do what they do. And here at Coastal, it's a settled issue. We worship the way we worship here because we are always trying to reach the next generation, a younger group of people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and a style that's more conducive to them, that is loud, that is celebratory in nature. Because guess what? It's not about you. It's about them. Let me ask you a question. What happens when, when churches no longer are reaching the next generation for Jesus? What happens to that church? It dies. Now, if you come to me and you say, well, Pastor Chris, but the music here is just too loud. Guess what? You're too old, okay? You just, you just are. Just deal with it, okay? And, and by the way, everybody look to the back, right back there in the back. See that underneath the, the clock? What's back there? A whole dispenser full of what? Earplugs. They're free. Get one. Put them in your ears, Okay. Listen, it's not about you. You know, I, I, it, it cracks me up when people go, man, I didn't get anything out of worship today. I didn't get anything out of church today. Oh, my goodness. Our, who do you think you are? It, when did you ever think that worship was about you in the first place? You didn't get anything out of worship? Man, stand back away from you. Lightning's going to strike. I didn't realize you're God. It's not a... Amen. Okay. Woo. Somebody clap for that. Okay. There we go. Um, listen, it's about God and it's about honoring Him. You know what? Truthfully, styles change, preferences change. Some of you prefer, if we did country western here every Sunday, you know, some of you would prefer that Pastor Chris rap every Sunday. You know, that we rap. By the way, my nickname is The Jam Pastor, and yes, I can rap. Um, you know, some, I mean, you know, some of you grew up liturgical. Some of you grew up with hymns. I grew up that way. We've just chosen right now that this is our style to reach the next generation for Jesus. But guess what? We also believe it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. Not one church and one style is going to reach everybody. So why are we arguing? Why are we wasting time about stuff that really doesn't matter? We know why we do what we do here, and this is the way we're doing it. But guess what? Over time, you know what? It might change a little bit, so get ready for it because it's not about you. It's about the Lord, and it's about reaching people who don't know Jesus. That's what we teach about worship, and that's how we roll. Worship, primarily, listen to me, don't, don't lose this today. Primarily, it's a lifestyle. It's giving to God your very life, everything you are, because he wants your heart. You know what, if, you're, if you struggle with this idea, it might just be, just like we said last week, you know, last week, you know, we talked about stewardship and managing your stuff and your times and time and your resources, all those things. And if you ever struggle with that, maybe it's because you've not yet relinquished your heart to God. That, that really is where it all starts. That's where it begins. That's what he wants. He wants your heart. And if you just knew how much our God loves you, you wouldn't have any problem with that. Listen, I don't care what you've done and where you've been and what your life has been like. I don't care what other people have told you about our God. He is not angry with you. And you don't have to clean up your life to come to him. He accepts you just as you are, and he's ready for you to come home. The only requirement is for you to turn around and come to him. And what you'll discover, just like we talked about at the very beginning of the series, he is in a full stride, running to you with arms open wide, ready to welcome you home.
Why don't you come to him today? Bow your heads and pray with me, and let's, let's walk through that process together. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you today for this opportunity we've had already to gather together the family of Coastal and corporately express our love to you through music, through prayer, today through children, through commitments, watching them commit to, to children and commit to raising their kids in a Christian home. And today by opening up your word and reading it publicly and speaking it and teaching it in just a few minutes through communion. God, all of these things, it's all about life. It's all about Jesus, and we give you thanks. Maybe you're here today and you, you struggle with this because you've never yet given God what he really wants in the first place, and that's your heart. Listen, come home to him. Open up your heart to him. Pour it out to him today. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. You, you come as you are. Just cry out to him right now and say, Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me. I want to come home. I have blown it. I have messed up. I have pushed you out of my life. But today, I want to be a true worshiper. I want to give you my heart. I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son, God. And you gave him first to me as a payment for my rebellion, for my sin. And today I put all of my trust and my hope in what he did for me on that cross. Not only did he die on a cross for me, but your love and power were too great for the, for the grave and for death to, to overcome him. And three days later, miraculously, he rose from the dead and he is alive. And God, I don't understand all the implications of that right now, but I believe it. And I no longer try to earn my salvation, to work for it, to clean my act up. I trust in what Jesus did for me. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making me brand new, for adopting me forever into your family. For the rest of my days, God, I just want to follow Jesus and become more and more like you see me your perfect forgiven child and I want to worship you with my entire life Father help Coastal help our church to be the church you've called us to be help us not to waste time arguing over style or preference but help us all as individuals and as a church to give you our heart we love you and we pray this in Jesus name